You are listening to a Lighter Side Show podcast flashback with Jamie Butler, the everyday medium. This audio originally aired as a Lighter Side Show video episode on the Lighter Side Network and may have been edited from its original version. For up-to-date classes and events with Jamie, visit jamiebutlermedium.com and subscribe to the lightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes and audio podcasts that explore wholeness living, energy work, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hi, Lumineers. Welcome back to The Lighter Side Show. I'm your host, Jamie Butler, The Everyday Medium. Thank you so much for being here. You're going to love who we have in studio today. It is our first yogi on the set, Lee Malice. <laughs> and I adore her oh. so much. How, my Lee Malice, did you get where you are? And, Lumineers, as you're listening, if you love what you're hearing, let us know. Please send us a note, a comment, Connect with us, let us know what else you want to know, and if you're really digging Lee's story, check out her website at leemalice.com, and that is Lee, L-E-I-G-H, which is the only and best way to spell it. And leemalishyoga.com. Oh, <laughs> leemalishyoga.com. Thank you for the correction. I got so excited about the Lee spelling because yes. Lee is my middle name, and that's how I spell it as okay. well. And I don't the run across, right? I don't see a lot of other people spelling their name this way, and here you are. Yes. I always dreamed when I was little to go by, you know, my middle name, Lee. But it never <laughs> stuck because Jamie Lee Summers... The bionic woman mm -hmm. is so mm -hmm. popular, and so, <laughs> I know, and that's pretty much where I came from, and um, that always stuck. It was Jamie Lee. You know, in the South, you have to have two, oh, you. two names. Yes. So when your mother goes out into the yard, she really has something to yell. Did you grow up in the South? I grew up in the South, and interestingly enough, my mother actually did not even give me a middle name. <laughs> I'm sitting with someone I grew up just You're Lee, Lee Taylor. Lee Taylor was the maiden name. So when I got married, I moved Taylor to the middle so that I would have a middle name. Really? <laughs> yes. People used to say, no, no, I, I promise I won't tell anyone. What is it? Like, it was too embarrassing to tell. I'm like, no, really, I don't have one. Like, it's just like <laughs> There is no middle name. From the South. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> what was your mama thinking? Right. You can't get out in the yard and just do one syllable. <laughs> What I'm most intrigued, Lee, is that you teach kundalini yoga. Yes. And um, I have to say that it was the first yoga experience that I ever had, and it was back in the mid-1990s, mm -hmm. and I didn't even know what yoga really was, that there were different styles of it. Right. I just knew that I loved how I felt with this one. It was yeah. different. It like made energy happen for right. me, right. and somebody handed me a cassette. Uh -huh, and I still uh -huh, have. Uh -huh. I have no way of playing it, but I still tapes, have it. Right? The cassette tape. And it had like a piece of paper in it that you would unfold mm -hmm. to get a hand-drawn uh, shape of what the body would look like right. if you were in that pose. Right. And that's it. what I had. Yep. I did that for decades. I love it. And I searched for somebody like you in Atlanta. Couldn't find anybody. It's like you were underground. <laughs> and then all of a sudden when I found one person that were like, oh my God, well, Lee Malice does this yoga. It's at her house. Yeah. So like you weren't really in a studio or right. something. And all of a sudden every person I came across said your name. And it was like, <laughs> I get it, universe. We found her. We found her. And I had an opportunity to come to a class and you are 
straight up the kundalini. And you've been practicing this for? Practicing for over 20 years now, which is weird to say. <laughs> yeah. You're not that old. Don't worry. I know. I'm like, wait, 20 years? How could I be doing something for 20 years? You started when you were eight. Yeah, exactly. I was very young. Over <laughs> <laughs> years. If you know Laura Boone, you know this is how she tells time as well. Which, by the way, as we're filming, it is her birthday. Happy, Happy 50th, birthday. Laura Boone. Oh, yes. You never know. That is something to celebrate. It is. She looks nowhere it near is. it. No. Mm -mm. But that's what, you know, that's right. That's linear right. time, that's what it's giving us. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> and so when I went to your class, like you were really focusing on Kundalini. It mm -hmm. wasn't this kind of mixed pool that I was coming across with right. all the other teachers. Right. And it just made my mouth drop open. Yeah. And now I'm literally Lumineers trying to figure out how do I redo my work schedule so that I can be <laughs> Wednesday mornings with Lee Mouse. That would be amazing. It would yeah. be amazing. Over yeah. 20 years experience. You've been teaching yoga for 17 years? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have a class right now, or coming up, right? We just started Pranic Soul Teacher Training, second second volume, second group um, that just started. And what I found is, like, I love, 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 love working with a small group of people where we get this group intention and there's sort of a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it has so much meaning in that deep work. Because it's really about helping them self-transform to uncover their true self so that they can become the teacher that they're meant to be. So I'm not trying to make them me, right? That wouldn't be right. I'm trying to give them the tools to uncover their selves, to find their voice, to go out and spread what their message is through yoga. And that is the sign of an incredible teacher. Well, thank you. It is. And for me, you know, that's what I'm looking for is somebody who can say, well, I love what I do and how I see it. And I'm passionate about the way I engage with it. But I care more about how you're going to create the relationship with it. Absolutely. You know, and you give Absolutely. it to them that way. Yeah. But when you teach these, like, they're intense, aren't they? Like, Right. Yeah. What are the hours? On so this? it's a 200-hour, like, certification which we do over the course of three months, 12 weeks. We meet for five hours a day on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And then there's a lot of homework that they do. And there's a lot of um, outside of that. There's also a lot of practice that they maintain, um, a 40-day meditation that they have to do. And now that means consecutively. So I had to tell them that if you miss day 39, you start over. Just if, if there might have been one student that did that, and this so it was good for them because they had. Then it almost was like you know eighty days, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's about creating that habit and creating that ritual and creating that love. Like I want meditation for them to become like brushing your teeth, like it's just something that you can't live without. <laughs> Is that not my favorite thing to compare it to? Is it? Yes. I tell people, go get some scotch tape and wrap it around your toothbrush handle. Right. Because it'll irritate you when you go to grab it. Yeah. But as soon as you go to grab your toothbrush, something you hopefully do every day, yeah. maybe twice right, a day. Right. Yeah, hopefully. You're thinking about setting your intent. Yeah. You know, bringing your thoughts in. Right. Meditation, right. all the things right. that we want you to do. Because when daily. you develop that practice and it becomes that ritual for you, you do miss it when you don't have it and you do realize the benefits. It might take a little while to like understand the effects of it mm -hmm. truly, 
But once you get that, like you realize, oh yeah, this is the thing that creates the space. I, I've actually heard stories that you're you're very, if I can use the word addicted, that you're very <laughs> addicted to it. Yes. My, my neighbor, actually several of my neighbors mm -hmm. come to you quite mm -hmm. frequently and they'll say, oh no, I showed up for her 6 a.m. class and and Lee was like, oh, I've been up for hours. Come on in. <laughs> and my neighbor goes, hours? What do you mean? <laughs> you do have to get up early. You do. Well, I mean, you don't have to, but for me. Because when I'm teaching, it's not my practice. So my practice has to happen before everybody wakes up. So 5 a.m., I mean, that's not so, so early. But it is if you're staying up till midnight. Like right now, I'm kind of burning both ends Whoa. because I'm, I'm having to also do the homework for the teacher training, right, to prepare so it's kind of been late, like midnight, and then get up at five. But naps, naps are really good. They're key. <laughs> They're key. <laughs> and when you are a yogi, you can like, you could have a cup of coffee or tea, and then you can lay down on the bed and command yourself to go to sleep. Like I can just go to sleep. So you're saying that the caffeine, if there's caffeine in it. Yeah, I still, like you've trained your body. So you have a practice. better relationship with your, your physical body. Yes, and you, I can lay down and just Yeah, but you're also out. like married, mom of two. Mm -hmm. Can you do that with your kids? Be like, okay, kid bodies, this is what's happening. <laughs> yes. You're going to go in this room and you're going to take a nap too. Mama sleeps. I usually, they love it when I take a nap because usually I say, I kind of don't care what you do for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to lay down. <laughs> Which means that they get a little free time. <laughs> That's so odd. You put so much on your plate. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like everything on your plate is truly you. It is. Like it, it it's is. not... I think a lot of people from the outside go, well, I'm already too busy. You know, how am I ever going to add another discipline or... Right you know, want to be habit right. <laughs> into my right. life. But well, the interesting thing is when I was going through my first teacher training, cause there's been lots of teacher trainings through the years. Cause we're always a student, you know, this, like yeah, we're always a student. Any teacher should always be a student. Um, but the very first one, I remember we were doing a prosperity sort of workshop within the structure of the training. Mm -hmm. And it was like really getting clear about your goals. And that now I was in my twenties. So the goals at that point, long-term, were to be a mother, which it took years for me to get there, right? Just because I wasn't ready. Mother, yoga teacher, and like an amazing wife. Those were the goals. And now, like what, 20 years later, 17 years later. Check. Check, check, check. check. But those roles, within each of those roles, there's like so much. There's just so much that you can do, right? It doesn't mean there's not more, but it's like those still are the top three things that I'm doing and that are happening and that keep growing within that. Because as you know, as a mother, like the role as a mother is like forever expanding and forever changing Yes. <laughs> and forever challenging forever. <laughs> and the same with a partnership, a marriage. I mean, David and I actually met in 1996. And we've been together ever since. So married 17 this year? No, wait, it's 2017. Yeah, so 17 this year or 18 is hard when you... <laughs> it's a good amount of years. That's a long time. It's more than so that partnership evolves from being young lovers to becoming parents to 
becoming entrepreneurs, you know, like all the things that we do. So it's just, it, there's a lot within those three roles. <laughs> so when you got clear on what you wanted, those kind of three topics that you right. hit, what, how were you able to get clear? Like, was there, what's the story of how you found yourself and kind of made it come to fruition? Well, if you want like the story, yeah, I, I <laughs> we have to go way back because it's kind of, I feel like when I found myself in that first yoga class was sort of a pivotal point of coming back to the beginning of time. So, okay, so if, can what, we go back? Yeah. What, <laughs> what kind of age were you when you found the first yoga class? First yoga class was 1998. I think I was 24. I think I was 24. 23, 24. Probably 23. Okay, so now that we've got <laughs> Now you know. Now everyone knows. <laughs> no, just a guesstimate of our head is as we're going back. Right. So when we go back, I'm just going to take you back and... and you know, it'll just sort of paint the picture of like the way that someone's life can go. So as a kid, when I look back now, I realize I was born super sensitive, intuitive little girl, Co completely content being home, being with myself, having imaginary friends, pretending to be someone else, right? My mom would worry a little. And actually, you know what? I, would be, I was this girl named Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I would like leave the house, knock on the was door, and I would, I would pretend to be Jamie, and I had this imagination that was incredible, and tell stories about my animals, and, you know, really just was so content being home, and, you know, even friends in the neighborhood would call, and I would kind of be like, you know, want to just kind of okay. be home, content, safe, right, happy, um, and then seven years old, around that time frame, first, second grade, my parents divorced. So, I can still remember that moment, like sitting in front of the fireplace with my mom and my brother and her telling us this news. And in that moment, they were crying and I chose to come up and say, we're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. We'll see him on the weekends. It's all good. Like, I literally just stepped into this role of like caretaker, peacekeeper. We're going to be fine. Optimistic. Choose the light. But now I have this role that put me in touch with empathy for my mother, for my brother, who I could see their pain. And I went into this role of like, sort of like emotionally caretaking. At seven. At seven. Birth like overnight from super sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. You just decided that's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then, so that, you know, there's like a big detour. So like, right, you've got this like contentment, compassionate, whatever. And then now there's this detour of like, now, okay, I'm going to assume this role. Now, some could say, because I've kind of gone through that process of like forgiving myself because I chose that. But then some might say, well, no, you also might have been sort of like, man not manipulated is not the right word, but like there could have been that pressure to also caretake, you know, yeah, through this, this Like thing. displaced on you, maybe with, with even out, no, with not knowing that that's what's right. happening. And now remember, this was before... Like people made long distance phone calls on the fly, right? So like <laughs> it was all good, and then my dad was transferred like halfway across the country. So he lived in Texas and New Mexico, and like I, I kind I think sometimes I block it out, but I think we might have talked just every now and again, saw each other like twice a year. So that like you know shift of like I guess most would call it abandoned. It felt abandoned. Yeah, surely still the love and all of that, but like we weren't Facetiming. <laughs> there was no Facetime. No, like, again, long-distance calls were not, like, a thing that you did. No. Right, so just 
traveling to see each other was not often. Um, now, the interesting thing that I will add is that my parents actually did end up remarrying each other. Wait. <laughs> back it up for just a second. <laughs> they got back together and married each they other. They did. They did. <clears throat> I believe I was like eighth grade. So then it was sort of like, but those formative years, right? And now my brother was four or five years older than me. So his formative years. So there was this span of time in the middle that like there was just this absence. Oh, it shattered. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. somehow pieces were glued together. And it yes. Was... And they're still, they're, they're married. No. Rock on, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, I'm like, so glad is... they are. But it's, you know, and they, and of course they have their story. Like we all have our stories, which is so interesting. So this just happens to be mine. So derail, right? To, and then through high school, just to give you an idea of the person I was, I like, I loved everyone. I loved people. Like, I wasn't, like, just in this clique, right? I, like, I had these friends, and I had those friends, and I had these friends, and I was an athlete, but I had the, the cheerleaders were my girls, and the, you know, everyone. I was the first person to make friends with the people that came, that moved from out of town. I'm like, please, can I have some new energy up in the school? <laughs> you know, like, I had, the, several of my best friends were people that moved from somewhere else, and they might have only been there for a short amount of time, but I was, like, starving for just... That connection, connection with people. College, right? I was an athlete in high school. Kind of kept me on the straight and narrow a little bit. College, oh, those were the searching years. If somebody's saying they were first on a straight and narrow, we can kind of <laughs> guess maybe what's coming next. You know, we'll just call it age-appropriate searching. How about that? Without <laughs> going into too much detail. Searching, searching. Pushing the borders of darkness, you know, and searching and, and searching. So without going into too much detail of all of that, I always say, like, God, if I found yoga, like, when I was a freshman in college, who knows what would have happened? (laughs) Who knows? So met my husband in college in 96. So I kind of, like, that's sort of like that pivotal point where the, the edges of the darkness were being pushed, and then there comes this guy. And we connect. And I always talk about, you know, you meet people at a certain vibratory level, so we were sort of like, we had the same major, and we had the same things going on, we had similar friends, but we've never met. There is even, this is going to kind of, you'll love this, first time he comes to my house, there's a picture tucked into the mirror, you know how you do that in yeah. college, tuck the picture in, picture of my brother and I from a concert the summer before. He's like, where's, who's this, what's this picture? And I tell him, and he's like, oh, I was at that concert, let me see if I, I see myself. He is standing no, next to me. No, he's not. He is, no, he's not. He is standing next to me. He is standing next to me. So I'm like, there's another picture in a frame on top of the TV upstairs. We have to go look because it's like my roommate and I. He's also in that picture. No, that was like a Lee. Yeah, it's freaky. <laughs> it's like, we're just sort of like, we're, it wasn't time though. We weren't supposed, if we had met then, disastrous. You know, like it was like when we met, we met and we have been together forever since. So if I'm ever having those moments, I go back to the picture. I'm like, we're supposed to be. This is all meant yeah. to be. Yeah. Good together. Please tell me that one's like blown up, some arrows drawn on it. I mean, it's so crazy, right? Yes. So then we start making decisions because now like the partnership and the connection is important, right? And then you start, you because it's the spark, 
it's like this spark of like hope of like a life together. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we move, we start making different choices. So the light becomes brighter. Right. And then, you know, we still are who we are. We're still in college. We're still kids, but we just kind of went on and we traveled Europe after college. We came home with zero dollars and no job and started our lives. And it was at our engagement party that I sort of hit in corner, but I was in the room with David's mom's dear friend, Elizabeth, who was the artist that wore crystals that drove the light pink or no, the light purple Volvo. Oh God, that's awesome. And I'm like, I just kind of was, it was just the two of us in this room. And I said, Elizabeth, I want you to take me to yoga. And right when I said it, the lights flickered in the house. And we both went, ooh. <laughs> I'm serious. So she took me to my first teacher, and I never saw her again. I don't even know if she did yoga, but she took me to my you first did, class. You don't even know if she did yoga, but you were like, all right. I want to go to yoga with you. Volvo and wear crystals. And you're an artist, and for crystals, you must be a yoga person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like ter- totally stereotyping her. So she brings me to Mukta in Dunwoody, Georgia, in someone's home. And I sit down for that first class and I never saw her again. Like she brought me there and then that was it. But in that class, we have to pause. You have to tell us what Mukta is. Mukta was her name. It's a spiritual name and it means liberation. It does? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Did you you know? Um, Actually, I remember Mukta from... Do you know Mukta? The story is true. That's Colleen on camera. (laughs) Mukta and Grace are high. They're amazing people. Mm And they, she still teaches, and he is my go-to acupuncture, kinesiologist, chiropractor. It's amazing. I send all kinds of people there. So here I am in Muta's basement, about to be liberated. (laughs) (laughs) And it was in that first class where, and this is where we circle back, I touched, I came home to the little girl that was pre-divorce, that was content, that was the true self. And it blew my mind. Because before sitting at the fireplace. Before sitting at the fireplace. That like inner wisdom, that person who actually never left me the whole time. It's the Perusa. It's the true self, the Atman. It was like it just went right to that place. And that's when it was like I tell people I'm like, it's like the clouds parted and the angels sang. And I knew that I would teach this yoga. And I was in a corporate job, 100% commission, in the technology boom, making tons of money, and completely stressed out because there was no cap of the amount of money that I could make, and it was like go time. So I was working like crazy, and so everything in my life was fast-paced, and I had been a runner, competitive runner growing up, minus college, and then this was sort of the thing that, again, just brought me back. And like set me free from all that stress. And so every week I would just could not wait to get to my Monday night class. And then that is how it all started. (laughs) But it was that shocking. Like you said, I didn't even know there were other styles of yoga. I thought this is yoga and this is amazing. And I am going to teach this. Was it Kundalini yoga? (laughs) It was Kundalini yoga. It was Kundalini yoga. Yeah, there is something magical about this style of being in touch with your breath and your body. Right. And so for me, it happened on the first class. Now with students that come, especially if they have found me through vinyasa, because I also teach vinyasa 
from sort of an, an Ashtanga lineage because I'm also that, that runner in me loves the real physical practice. So are both of those styles real physical? So Kundalini is physical and mental and emotional and spiritual and mantra and vibration and all the things. But it's a lot more vibration. It's a lot more vibration. Ashtanga is more, is also a true lineage from Patabi Joyce that is like complete, I mean, you're trying to put your foot behind your head and you're doing deep back bends. And so it's more that very physical. So for me, my Ashtanga practice has opened my body up and made me so strong to allow me to sit without pain in deep meditation for Kundalini. So for me, the two have been like a perfect marriage. But in that moment, in that class, the first one, I knew. So if I have students come to me from Vinyasa or Ashtanga, I usually say to them, because Kundalini is so not any of that, so different, I'm like, give yourself a commitment of like three to four classes, because a lot of times we have to give ourselves permission to go in. Yeah. Oh, People yeah. are not comfortable closing their eyes and being in a group setting and going in. Oh, yeah, because some of you might be looking at me. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, let me tell you some them. of the things we do. I mean, there's a lot of... <laughs> Wait, stop right there. <laughs> For Lumineers, if you're just listening to this, you have to know that Lee just stuck her tongue out, way out, the tip of her tongue facing down to the ground, and just panted. And we did this in the last advanced mediumship class, and I got so into that that I had a sore underneath mm -hmm. my tongue. Uh -huh. The little from, thing will get sore from sticking. Uh -huh. I had stretched it so far, and I, every time I would go to talk or eat something, I'd be like, Leave malice and kundalini yoga because my tongue was yes. so wicked sore. Yes, yes. We get in touch with <laughs> all you? the places, all the places in the body. I mean, but that's a really high energy point. Like right. when for lumineers, we talk sometimes about the hu yin position and mm -hmm. holding energy and cycling it. Yeah. And yeah. This is part of it. I, I you know, and it, kundalini offers so many things, but it is to me, the one thing that has allowed, like in Kundalini, we talk about, you don't want to just have one body, you have 10 bodies. That sounds like cumbersome. So like 10 bodies, what? I don't, yeah. how do I have 10 bodies? You have a soul body. You have a negative mind, a positive mind, a neutral mind, a physical body. You have a pranic body. You have a subtle body. You have an arc line. You have a radiant body. I mean, the, it's just... Again, so, like, when you break it down into the layers... Do we have time to break this down with us? Because I'd like to. Like, I think I get the, the physical body. And I think right. our listeners can quickly understand the negative mind body, right. the positive mind body, the neutral mind mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. So we're four into this. Well, and let's, let's even just pause for one second there. The, so the soul body is what we're born with right the soul body that's the soul that comes in okay and then the mind is so prevalent in our everyday life and that is the thing that people don't have control of usually and it's like the two-year-old toddler that's like throwing tincture tantrums and has the like non-stop repetitive <laughs> sounds <laughs> and so meditation helps you to get that under control but understand that the negative mind reacts first because it's our protection mechanism Survival. so the negative mind reacts we have nine seconds this is all kundalini teachings. We have nine seconds to consciously choose to not stay in the negative, right? But to then see the positive. So the positive mind is like the optimist. But we need both. Because if you just are always negative, you're never going to leave your house because you're scared. But if you're only positive 
and you don't, you're kind of almost in denial that there is this other side. Mm -hmm. But what we do in yoga as yogis is like we learn to take the information from both the negative and the positive and we come to the neutral mind. So we make decisions from a neutral place, which doesn't mean we lose our personality or we lose our ego, but we just are non-reactive so that we're like more in that space of peace. And so that gets into like the neutral mind is the shushmana, which is the central spinal column. The positive and negative mind connects to the Ida and the Pingala, the sun, the moon, the positive, the negative. No basic mediumship class. We just literally <laughs> this. Oh, good. How did you, I say Shishumna. Shishumna. How do, you say, well, how do you pronounce it correctly then? It could be that because I think I'm undiagnosed dyslexic. So I would have to dyslexic. stare at the word and then yeah. we would have to decide together. Shishumna. Shishumna. I sometimes say Shishmana, but again, I would probably need, this is just me saying it. That sounds more like Kundalini. That sounds like the real way of Shushmana. So, and then that's where the Kundalini energy. That's your so, for those that don't even that don't know what Kundalini is, Kundalini, all yoga, whatever style of yoga you're doing, it, the goal is to raise the Kundalini vibration, the energy. So it's three and a half coils lying dormant at the base of the spine. It's the snake that it's sleeps the snake. at the base of your spine. <laughs> yes, freaky. No. <laughs> and we awaken it. To move through the chakras. Now, my, my viewpoint of the Kundalini is kind of this extra source, this pool of energy, like our storage, kind of like the things that you want to keep private in a safe because they're so valuable mm -hmm. and that rests right between the hips, right, right. right at the base. Right. And like we don't dip into it every day. Right. We use it when we need right. it. Is right. that how it's yeah. perceived? Is well, and, and you know, the lower chakras, that lower triangle you have to have a strong base in your lower, because this is all earthly plane. So like we have to be grounded to be here and to stay connected. And the hardest place to move is from those lower three to move up to the heart, right? And we need everybody to start getting in touch with their earthliness, but to be able to move it up to compassion. So the sutra for 2016 was understand through compassion or misunderstand the times. And it was sort of the end of the year where that really hit it, home. It hit home. It hit it. home. Everybody was doing retrospect and seeing mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Now, the cool thing is 2017, the sutra is vibrate the cosmos and the cosmos will clear your path. And then it's just look <laughs> directly into the camera, Lee, and just say it one more time. Vibrate the cosmos and the cosmos will clear your path. Like, wow, right? <laughs> And you don't want to miss out on that. <laughs> um, I don't plan on doing that. Lumineers, don't miss out on this. <laughs> it's good stuff. Part of not missing out of it, have a better relationship with your body. Right, right. Better relationship with your excess energy, your right. kundalini, staying right. grounded. What are right. some ways you stay grounded? Um, well, meditation is definitely, well, meditation really elevates me. I think... I think the way that I stay so grounded, and I have friends that do Reiki, and I love Reiki, and it always cracks me up because they're like, your root chakra, it's like branch. I mean, it's it's like, I am like, grounded. I am here. When it's supposed to be the size of a golf ball, yours is like, kakong. <laughs> right. Well, and you're, you had a guy come once that was reading palms. Sing Modi. Sing Modi. My kids, or my one daughter who was with me. Um, said, or reminds me, she's like, well, seeing Modi said you, you were, you were a tree. <laughs> so I think I'm really grounded. <laughs> um, so anyway, but barefoot oh. with the earth, 
Is it like yes. Are you barefoot? Yes. <laughs> That's how I stay grounded. Yes. I'm kind of like that uh, waiter on the, what is it, the birdcage? What's the movie with Robin Williams? Agador Spartacus. Agador Spartacus. <laughs> <laughs> barefoot. Put some shoes on me and I go, huh? Right. What? Right. But let yeah. me be barefoot and I yeah. feel like I, I got this. Yeah. I can do anything. I mean, I'm definitely barefoot more than I'm not, right? We're barefoot in the house, we're barefoot when we teach yoga. I'm, you know, so if people are not grounded, like, just take your shoes off and go stand in the grass, right? Or go outside and just be barefoot, stay grounded. Um, I remember when that first bit of tidbit would come out. That was, God, maybe 15 years or so ago. And people thought... God, that's so woo-woo. <laughs> that's so strange. Or to like go touch a tree. Like I love yeah. that this is wood. I keep touching touch a tree. tree. Yeah. People are like, what? <laughs> and now it's like, meh. It's, yeah. yeah, something to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little help times change mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely. Okay, I would love to know. You said meditation to get grounded. And listeners might want to know as well, how often do you meditate and how long? And I know it's just an example for you. Sure, but... absolutely. Well, the great news is you can make a habit and make a change and have a response in three minutes. Wait. Three minutes. How long? Three minutes. <laughs> now, the goal would be to go beyond three minutes. Yes. But even in the teacher training, I told them with the 40 days, I'm like, I want your goal to be 11 minutes. It's still not a long time. 11 is the number of infinity. Okay, I just... <laughs> God, Lee, when you said you had your students meditate for 40 days, you know, my head went... Yeah, two hours of meditation a day. Like I went real big with it. You just said eleven. Minutes. Eleven minutes. Eleven minutes. Right. This is 2017. We're in the technology. So you know, Yogi Bhajan. His big thing was that we have to develop our sensory system in the Aquarian age to stay sane. And the sensory system, because we are now in the technology age, right? We can have any answer to any question. Google. In two seconds. So it's not about the wisdom that you hold in your mind and as a secret. Everybody can know anything. It's more about deciphering what's true. So when you start to develop your sensory system, then you have to start to know without having to read 15 articles what is true. Because there's too much coming at us. Too much. The phones. The smartphones are making us stupid. Right? It's like put the phones away. Turn the television off. <laughs> Develop your sensory system. And when you walk into a situation, your your intuition should tell you what you need to know before anybody's even speaking. Which I love this because um, not to be hypocritical at all, but um, I too turn the TV off. I don't watch the TV. I don't really listen to the radio. I have some music on my phone that I like to listen to. Um, but nature really calls to me. But the times that I get into binge watching or looking at things are shows and podcasts that are similar to yeah. us here at the Lighter Side and the Lighter Side Network. Oh my God, Yay! which is launching March 1st. <laughs> that is so exciting, by the way. <laughs> but like, I find that if I get into those shows and stuff that have a certain vibration that's mm-hmm. feeding me the vibration of what I'm looking mm-hmm. for so I can get bigger, get grounded, and not sacrifice, Right. you know, my, yeah. I was going to call it my eye time. Your, the word you just used is like one of my favorite words, vibration. It's like if people could get their head around the idea, and I'll say this in yoga classes, like the, 
the moment at which you understand you are an energetic body and that you are vibrating, even as we sit here, our bodies are vibrating and we can't see it, but there's energy all around us. And when you can kind of get your head around that, then you start to become aware of the environments that you're allowing yourself to live in and exist in and walk into. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to become energy phobes, right? Energy <laughs> That's the first time I've ever used that word. Like you don't, It's not like you can't go meet the dear college friend in the place that you used to go or whatever. Yeah, you're going to take on some of that, but you have all your tools and your meditation practice to so just like clean it back up. Yes. So meditation is like taking out the garbage, cleaning, cleaning the energy. Okay, I, I, I want to know, know how you view discipline. Because I think a lot of us Lumineers, when we hear the word discipline, half of us go, yay, a challenge, something to do. And the other half go, oh, shit. Right, right, oh, right. I don't want to do that. Oh, it's not bad enough. Yeah. You know, and I still struggle with that word. So I am really looking right. for that substitute word with right. discipline for the right. Luma Dictionary. Yes. Lumaplin. The Lumaplin. <laughs> the Lumaplin. That's I right. It. It's not discipline anymore. It's Lumaplin. <laughs> Doing things with repetition based in light, based in what right. you need. Right. So, when. So, and I love that you like discipline. Like, if discipline, if the word gets you excited, use that word. If the word makes you cringe, we have to change our perspective around what is discipline. Maybe it's that it's um, a ritual. Like, I like the word ritual. So, I have this ritual now. That and and it's you know it's been years, but about three or four years ago we ended up getting a house. And I'm telling yoga connects everything for me. I was coming to this house that I now live in to teach Kundalini yoga privates to my friend that lived there, and I showed up one day and she said, "We have to move, and I want you to have this house." <laughs> Granted, I had lived in Inman Park for nine years waiting for the house that we could A, afford, and B, get before someone else got. So here it was. And this could go on a big tangent over to how it was actually on my vision board. <laughs> you know, like setting intentions and wow, right? So yes. kind of another crazy thing with setting intentions in the backyard, you've been there. Yes. There's this gigantic great white oak. It's beautiful. Huge, beautiful. I talk to it every day because I want it to always be healthy and happy. And on the vision board year before, you know, when you're making a vision board, you just, you're pulling. This could be a whole other podcast or I was about show. to say, I've got two other shows I want from you. <laughs> I would like to do the creative visualization board. And I also want to do a Kundalini show. Yes, yes. we will We will do it. Done. But just to, so there was an entire page. I pulled out an entire page of just a tree that looks like the tree in my now backyard. But this was a year before. Like, I don't really remember why I pulled the tree. It was just like I wanted this tree. So, anyway, Yoga Connects that. I'm going to teach private. So, now I have this home. And it, at this home, there is a separate backspace. Again, you've been there where I can do privates. Mm -hmm. um, and that is where my ritual happens. So, luckily for me, after all these years, I have a space that's just, I, just a short walk across the deck. I go in. Now I have a puppy. My puppy comes with me. Oh, mm -hmm. New addition to the family. I know Lulu Lovey Malice. Oh, I love her. <laughs> she got a middle name, guys. She got a middle name. The dog got the middle name. <laughs> Lulu Lovey. So she'll come out. I light a candle. I turn on my salt lamp. I probably should just leave the salt lamp on, huh? 
but I turn on the salt lamp and I sit down and I meditate. And for me, there are a couple of the meditations that are three minutes each that are just sort of like housekeeping pranayama. So one is called Neat. Fist of Anger, which I'm not really angry, but it's because I do Fist of Anger. Oh, good. <laughs> That's good. I was about if I had wheels push away. Yeah, it's like it, I want to change the name. It's sort of I, I use it as more as like the energetic windshield wiper. So clean up. Then I do three minutes of Ego Eradicator, which is connected to my mantra for the year, Unlimited, is to create, to get beyond your ego. Yeah. And then I do whatever meditation I'm doing for 40 days. I usually have one ongoing. I'll do it for 11 minutes or more if I have time. And then I leave that ritual and I go and I do my Ashtanga practice with a, with a group of people at my Solar Yoga Atlanta. So if we do that Kundalini class, can you show us those fists of anger? Yes. The energetic it is, wiper? It's so good. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and there's a lot of three-minute exercises with the breath, with arm movements that you can do. Three minutes will affect your electromagnetic energy. It changes your whole day. And it also go and it, three minutes can affect your circulation in your blood. So in three minutes, you're doing that. And then as you increase your minutes, and there have been times where I've done plenty of 62 and two and a half hours, and, but that's, I, that's my practice. This is my passion. This is my... This is my work. Are you just trying to tell me there's plenty of times where you do it for 60 minutes, two hours? Did I, you know, just, uh, maybe I had something in mind. Yes, yes. But that, that, those are sometimes special events. Wow. Special events. So, the stamina, the, this is when I sometimes realize, like, like, what are the, what are the good words to use? Fanatic around this type <laughs> of work. I wish you could just see her energy shift right there. <laughs> It was like a burst of oh. like rainbow light. You know, in these roles of mother, teacher, wife, right? The teacher in me, a couple, like a year ago, maybe it was like, maybe it was two years ago now. Time goes by so fast. I decided I needed to go and be trained. I needed to go be a student, immerse myself and, and be a student. So I chose to fly out to Santa Monica and study with some of the masters of Kundalini. And the whole course was on conscious communication. But it just so happened that while I was there, Rama Institute in Venice Beach was doing two and a half hours of long neck on cars for 40 days. So I contacted a friend. I was staying in like an Airbnb, yeah. contacted a friend that lived not too far away. I said, do you have a bike I can borrow? Borrowed her bike, would get up at 3.30 in the morning, and I would bike from Santa Monica to Venice Beach to go to Rama, sit for two and a half hours chanting Long Nakon Cars with this beautiful group of yogis, bike back, eat a little breakfast, have a little coffee, and then go to training in Santa Monica for like all day, and then come back and do it all over again. And I would get giddy because I'm like, nobody's telling me that I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I just like riding back, you know, when the sun is rising and I'm like using my cell phone as my spotlight on this bike in the dark on these roads I've never been on, using my GPS <laughs> to get to Rama Institute. <laughs> now, not, not everybody would do that, but like it just filled me up, right? And then I come back and it's like I'm ready to go, ready to serve. Man, I really, <laughs> really love how you give us permission to... Love it. Love it. To, love it. Love the discipline. Passionate about love it. the discipline. Or the lumaplane. And you know, it's anything that takes you out of that, that normal, right? Like the routine of like... Yeah, and where it gets into, what do you call it? Ritual? Ritual. I like rhythm. Ritual. 
lumaplin. Yes. We're going to find many different ways. And guys, if you, again, love what you're listening to, check out LeeMaliceYoga.com. But she is also doing the Instagram. (laughs) I have to put the in front of everything like my mom does. The Facebook. The Instagram. And that's (laughs) it. Chronic Soul. And you'll see photographs, everything. Yeah, I like, you know, moderation is my social media. It's like, you know, moderation. But I I like to put things that are inspiring or to let people know about events that are coming up. Right. We're all about giving you what's needed and not in dating you. Right. We're not going to swallow you whole. Right. We're definitely going to (laughs) keep dosing this out. (laughs) And speaking of that, we are going to have Lee Malice back. Yes? Yeah. Kundalini. We're going to talk about Kundalini. Maybe show you (laughs) Fist of Anger. Stay tuned for Fist of Anger. I really am excited about that one. (laughs) But you guys are all going to be doing it. It'll be like your three minutes before you go online. (laughs) Is there anything that you would like to share with the Lumineers or why you have a captive audience? Not to put you on the spot or anything. Well, no. I think that the best thing to say at this point is that Kundalini Yoga it's not woo-woo, it's true-true. Oh, yes! <laughs> she nailed it. I'm offset. <laughs> Bye-bye. The ideas expressed by guests and channeled guests on the Lighter Side Show podcast are not necessarily Jamie's personal beliefs. Information received from the Lighter Side Show podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. For up-to-date info on Jamie, visit jamiebutlermedium.com and subscribe to the Lighter Side Network, Lumineers. I'll see you there. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary.